Before we start this episode of Dr Whodcast, we'd like to draw your attention to BLAM UK, a charity which promotes a truthful discourse of blackness through analysis of history by providing more diverse education for young people. Right now, you can donate to help BLAM organise free lessons on black history for children. And if you are a white fan of Doctor Who and want to continue to learn, educate and be more actively anti-racist, I'd like to recommend the podcast Woke Doctor Who, who have done several episodes on how race in both the fandom and the show has been portrayed. I'd especially recommend the episode Martha My Dear, which goes a long way to explain the toxic institutionalised racism that we as Doctor Who fans need to reject in ourselves and in our community to create a better world. This episode of Doctor Whodcast is brought to you by Genital Marmite. Marmite, the food that's both delicious and nutritious. <laughs> How's that for an opening, you guys? You, said, you motherfuckers. When you said you had an idea for an opening, I didn't expect vegetable marmite. No, what was it? Veg, 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 marmite for genitals. Marmite for genitals. No, yeah, that's vegetable marmite. Just vegetable marmite's marmite. It's, no, it's Vegemite, isn't it? Who's benefiting from that? Who wants that? People with issues. So they either love it or hate it. Is that the thing with it? Well, I don't think you put it on your genitals if you like had a particularly negative feeling towards marmite. True. It's for people who love marmite and really like gentle care. Which brings us neatly onto this episode. <laughs> how does it do that, Will? Yeah, how does it do tell that? Tell us, tell us. Oh, I'll get the link. Um, <laughs> Marmite can make you fart. When you fart, it's sometimes you call it a boom. Or if, or if you've got it like stuck in your throat, you might sound like Margaret. I yes! Mean, like that sort of... Wait, what's so How does Margaret say it? <laughs> How's your long distance relationship going, by the way? To the Doctor Who cast, the Doctor Who cast. Do you want to do another one? No, I think you nailed it. Oh, good. Okay. Um, as you can probably hear from the giggles, um, <laughs> we have got our wonderful special guest, Faye Laura, is back. Faye Laura is back, replacing Charlie Harris in his last ever episode podcasting before Will fires him. Yes, because I have the power to fire my friends from a podcast. That you're, about... doing, you're doing all the work for. And I do... Tw- and... <laughs> <laughs> you produce, edit, do the social media. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm... I just go on IMDb a couple of hours I before I feel like out. this shouldn't be a counselling session about the division of work. <laughs> no. Well, edit it out. The software. Well, edit it out. I can't download the software to, to edit onto my laptop because I've got quite an old laptop. Excuses, excuses. Um, anyway, um, no. Hi, hi Faye, how hi. are you? Sorry, I just took a big gulp of coffee. Um, yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright. <laughs> I'm in Manchester, um, so it's, you know, I'm just sort of here, I suppose, really. There's not really a lot to report about that. And just just to be clear, Faye, you're definitely recording, aren't you? Yeah, 
Can you imagine if I just wasn't? That'd be really awkward. We'd have missed all that stuff about Marmite for genitals. I know, exactly. Oh, and that was the good that stuff. What people need and want. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the product and my endorsement of. Oh, I, the last episode. So, in terms of podcasting recording schedules, the last episode we released is World War Three, which is also starring Faye. And that episode was one of the funniest to edit. I I must have cut out about twenty minutes of us just I rip roaring laughter or be <laughs> just talking absolute nonsense for ages or me just getting distracted <laughs> yes charlie going on any tangent left right and center uh, oh, and Faye insulting harriet jones oh yeah well, no i, I did a fair amount of that still in the episode yeah no i did listen to it and i thought oh god this was the bit where we started talking about that i'm glad that's not in it and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I tried... you said some very weird stuff about gay people did i and no all that's gone I didn't. You didn't. No, you didn't. I'm you teasing, didn't. love. You didn't. It's like, I'm a good person. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I think I think for the reason we're all this excited and happy, blinky back to the podcast, is we just watched, in my opinion, one of the best episodes of the season. And Fucking in my opinion, episode. the best episode of the season. There we go. Faye, what did you, what did you think? In a, it, sum it up in a couple of words, just as an intro, a bit of, bit of flavour. It was like, it had loads of, like sexual undercurrents that I don't even know if they needed to be there but I kind of loved it and also hey we're talking about the episode yeah I know and a lot of like creepy lighting camera angles and I was like oh it's dark and there's morals but there's a lack of them and it's all sexy (laughs) and dangerous (laughs) no that's exactly it that's exactly what I love that's what I was gonna say for me the the the, my sort of brief synopsis this episode is Chris Chibnall, this is how you write th- Three Companions. So true. Yeah. This is exactly how you write Three Companions. Um, it's fantastic. Charlie, any opening thoughts? So um, this is Boomtown, written by Rusty Davis. Um, and if you like... <laughs> That's my opening thoughts. No. My opening thoughts. It's Boomtown, by Rusty Davis. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> we need opinions, thing, Charlie. The thing for me was, this was my favourite episode when I first watched it as a kid. And now... Watching it, will it hold up? And I think it's kind of been the fear with a lot of this season. And I think none of it's been much worse than I remember, but it has been a mixed bag. I think this episode really, really holds up. Yeah. Mm. It's 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 just super. It's a really super episode, and all the reasons I loved it when I first watched it are there, and now I found new reasons because I understand more of the jokes. Yeah. Yes. As well as it, like, we were talking about World War Three and Aliens of London really not holding up in terms of, like, you're so gay jokes and, like, just the general vibe that this episode just holds up. It's such a delight to watch, like, yeah. now. And, yeah, it's, it's great. It's absolutely it, it's great. It's what I needed. It's what we needed. It's what we needed in 2020. It really was. I One of my favourite moments, you know what I'm saying, about writing more than two companions or whatever, like, multiple people with the Doctor that moment when they um, they're all having like lunch or something and they're all just laughing about fun stupid stories i was just like oh you guys i want to be part of the gang like i want to exactly i want to be there what's so interesting about that is that i obviously they needed to see that newspaper for the episode to get going yeah but i really didn't want him to and that's the thing i felt when i first watched it what are you looking at i'm looking at your phone oh yeah I'm making sure I get actor names right. Well, it's, he's got his IMDb I'm up, and there's such a sexy picture of Christopher Eccleston, like looking down, like With all, his arms all folded. dark, like brooding, like 
Yeah, it's but, a very um, broody one. Sorry, continue. But yeah, I was sad when he saw it because obviously he's the doctor and he has to save the world and there wouldn't be an episode if it was just them chilling. But like, I wanted them to continue having a good day and I wanted to continue being there with them. Mm. Yeah, I did. I couldn't remember when it first kind of went to that scene. I was like, oh no, this isn't going to be one of those ones where Mickey's just sat there like, guys, I can't relate. But no, he wasn't. He was like he's involved. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. This is not like one of those you had to be there stories. Like everyone's in it and like, yeah. Because Jack was the only one that was there. Because there are some moments which are you had to be there. Um, Before we go into all that, uh, why don't we get ready for Will's 30 second recap? God. Are you ready, Will? No, but we'll, let's go. I can let's see the it. sweat on your brow. Go. <laughs> Uh, okay. This is where, where Charlie types quickly into YouTube countdown the countdown theme. theme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Three, two, one, go. So Dr. Rose and Jack arrive in Cardiff. Um, they're with Mickey comes and gives Rose a passport and it's all fucking laughs and lols and fun stuff, fun times until the doctor sees a photo in the newspaper and it's Margaret, the Slovene from episode four and five, which Faye was also on. Um, they... Margaret is trying to blow up the of the whole of Cardiff and maybe the world um, to fly herself off the planet or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't really matter because it gets solved very, very quickly by the Doctor. Um, then, um, they just come back. Um, then, uh, what happens next? You don't say everything, just give her... Oh, basically, then they catch they capture Margaret. Margaret's like, you're gonna if, if you send me back to my home planet where, I, where they'll try me, I'll die. They're, they're like, oh, that's rad. Um, and then, um, uh, then Margaret and the Doctor goes to dinner, Rose and Mickey have a, have a fallout, and then the world blows up but it doesn't, and then, um, Margaret turns into an egg. That was 30 seconds. <laughs> but I love when I'm having to edit these things, where I, like, have to ex- cut and extend the countdown theme. Because <laughs> it's never 30 seconds. <laughs> it's never 30 seconds. Um, it's not been released, but I did the one for, um, The Doctor Dances, didn't I? Yes. And it was so much better than anything Will's done. It was so really so good. It was actually really annoyingly good. Like But how? I, I mean no offense, Charlie, but that I ran away for part of that and I loved it. <laughs> you didn't run away for part of it part of it. I restarted because I was so thrown by your oh. away. <laughs> <laughs> um No, he, I was good at it when it was me, not him. Well, that's good to know. Okay, let's get on to this episode. So let's okay. talk about the Doctor first. Uh, sounds good. The Doctor... There, there is a lot of Doctor stuff, but from in my head he's not... This feels more like a Rose episode than a Doctor episode. I... Nah. So I, so I thought it was actually what Christopher Eccleston didn't say in this episode that was more telling. True. I was looking... Like, so many times he's just... He's looking at Margaret, and he's just looking at her puzzlingly. And he's like trying to figure it out and trying to work out her morality and work out what she actually wants from this. And I don't think it's in, in an attempt to work out if she's got an evil plan underneath it. I think it's just to like trying to understand um, what it's a they've only he says uh, in the episode, I've only seen of what the, I've only seen of the Slovene what I've seen. As in their previous interaction. Not just of that family, but of the species. Of the spe- so he's I think he's fascinated with their I think I think going to dinner is a is a is is not just granting her her last request and being nice. It's also like wanting to be more fascinated in learning about the species. 
Also, him and Jack, till I die. This episode, I love their Is fucking Is that your one true shift? Yeah, this episode, yeah. They just them and the TARDIS just like mucking around and like don't do it. It's like it's like brothers who fuck. That's what, what <laughs> That's that's what um Brilliant. No <laughs> But in a, in a, I've got coughs. <coughs> but in a really endearing way. I don't know, I can't really make that really endearing. Like a kind like, way. That's endearing. They didn't fuck. <laughs> you don't know that. They didn't put um, that on, it's on at seven thirty. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not brothers bros who fuck there we go but like like non-laddie bros but the crucial thing is that they fuck to you I I think the doctor gets at least a handjob we can't do this again the last episode we talked about Patrick Charleston pissing we've done it again oh I think we talked about, I, I actually can't remember what fetish we Siobhan was on last episode uh, yes right so everything now makes a little bit more sense I'm a bit like Right, I get how we got here. And that's why we took a two-week break from recording. Yeah, I was still I was still fanning myself for two weeks um, <laughs> after all the, the the filth that we talked about. Um, so Faye, what did you think of Chris Chrissy Eck? I thought that, like, for the well, for the first time, I think properly in this first series, there was like a real like like I was saying earlier, like a gang. They're all together, and like when they're all stood. And they've all got their phones out, which just so great that they were all like small little bricks. And no- they were all Nokia. Yeah, I know. It was really lovely. And I was like, oh, wow. And they were like, speed dial. I was like, oh, speed dial. But I don't quite understand that. Like, were they on a, Were they on like a conference call? No, no. They would just speed dial the other ones. Be like, where are you? Put the phone down. Where are you? Put the phone down. Mad. Yeah, I couldn't get my I couldn't get my head around that. Mad. Like what exactly was happening? Like surely there's walkie-talkies in the TARDIS. And this was filmed in 2005. We have no idea about how those speed. Have you have you done speed dial in the last like seven to eight years? Yes, I think I did. Like, like one of my like older aunts or something. Like she was like, I need to set up speed dial. And I'm like, right, I'm gonna Google how to do that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but then it was like Jack kind of like making this like this is what we're gonna do you know like being the captain and then the doctor's just being like eh, I'm just gonna reclaim my pride here and just go no but yes that is what we're gonna do I was just like <laughs> oh so brilliant I think the first twenty minutes of this episode are like near on perfect yeah like they just like you like it's it's so fun like it, it's still it's still amazing at the end of it but like just the fun that's had like as a kid i was i remember just like me and my parents just dying laughing at the television and it's even something that i don't like now which is mickey falling over that trolley which i want to talk about later which we'll talk about later but like even stuff like that at the time i was just i just loved it um Show I th- so I think I've not spoken about the doctor. You okay? Dumb idiot. You talk about the doctor then. No, like you said, you said everything good. Great. Uh, <laughs> um, I, did, I, did, I did a I did a thing. You did a thing. You did a funny. Um, no, I thought it might be actually worth. Um, Faye's brought to my attention that the the, the 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 great thing about this episode. It might be worth instead of talking about Doctor Rose, Jack, Mickey, talking about the them, gang. Talk about the gang. I think instead. I think instead because I think this this. This is such like an ensemble episode. All all four of them are bouncing off each other. And whilst they have their own individual stories and they go off and do their individual things, I think that all of them, 
have a right to be talked about equally. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be like, Dr. Rose, and then we have like what, one minute on Jack. What's so interesting is that this is the first episode of Jack as a companion. Because he was an ally in a previous episode, but they've had those before. Mm. This is the first episode where he has been travelling with them. But there are two there are two things I want to point out. So we can only compare it to Adam, who sucks and has no redeeming qualities. A bit like a wet a wet longer. piece of lettuce that just sort of gets flaps about sometimes and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm for, for the podcast Instagram image. I'm going to do Adam as a piece of lettuce. <laughs> Can you make a gif of him flapping about, What's please? What's interesting is, is, yeah. is a that Captain Jack, him being there, isn't kind of remarked upon. It's not. Oh, look who we brought along. It's it's just taken for granted that he's there. Once Mickey, they have to explain to Mickey, but that's only because Mickey's not seen him. Yeah, they've been traveling with him for a bit of time now. Yeah, um, they've been tra- they've been traveling with Jack. For a while now, I think that's such an interesting choice. They're like, yeah, we had all these adventures since the Doctor dances, and they have all these in jokes and they have this chemistry. And Jack feels very ingrained into their world, and he's not just the new companion in a way that could threaten Rose or the Doctor. And I quite like that they don't. I mean, I would have liked to see more of Jack in season one, maybe, but I, I, I think they do such a good job of introducing him as a like having as you've said lots and lots of adventures before whilst making making all the interactions on the episode seem so so fresh mm-hmm. and i kind of i kind of wouldn't have wanted to see those episodes before because it's just done so, so perfectly here you know exactly what their relationship is with all of them um also i love um just talking going on to jack slightly and we can we can dip and dive around um dip and dive <laughs> dip and dive um, is that the thing from Dodgeball? I've not seen that film in You've years. Not... Oh, in years, okay. Yeah, I've not Dodgeball. seen it in years either. It doesn't age as well. I will say that now. Um, maybe I just don't like. I just don't like Vince Vaughn. Anyway, um, Jack Harkness. He, I get what Jack. I understand more of Jack in Torchwood by watching this episode because there is a moment where I find like when Margaret's like, "What? Um, I wonder which one will look me in the eye." And it only shows Rose, the Doctor, and Mickey. I bet Jack is looking at her dead in the fucking eyes. Yeah. Because that man is... And then, like, when Margaret is gripping Rose by the throat... There's so much I want to say about that. The doctor, <laughs> and the Doctor relents and says, give her the extrapolator. And I think Jack, in, Jack without the Doctor, might have sacrificed Rose to save them even though he likes them and like and that's what i like about jack is that he's got he is fun he is there's stuff you don't know about him exactly like the doctor you don't you don't know that like in a backstory but you also you also kind of get the impression that like he is willing to go further than the doctor ever would and i like that i like that you see glimpses that that, i I think the doctor is more likely to find a third solution yes whereas jack because he's not as clever is a bit more calculating but again, we don't really see that in this episode, but it's just a possibility. I do think as well, though, Jack is a little bit like the glue with the like the four of them. He kind of makes it all right for Mickey to come along. He makes it less toxic. Yeah, it's no longer like a third wheel situation in whatever way you want to look at it, because he becomes like the slushy, comfy green stuff that kind of fits through all of them. It's like, look, we can all be friends and everything's happy. Look, we're all laughing and enjoying things. I mean, it's such a small detail, but Mickey is sitting next to the Doctor in the cafe. 
Oh, and he, the Mickey, and that, there was a moment, there was a micro, micro, micro moment where the Doctor lo- looks at Mickey and, and and smiles as Jack is playing the joke. And I was like, if Jack wasn't here, Mick, the Doctor would still be scowling at Mickey. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, completely. And like, he, he is now... I have had this whole thing with this season is that the Christopher Eccleston's Doctor hates men. And I think it took a queer 51st century man for the Doctor to relax a bit. And because this episode, he's really feeling his queerness. He's oh like, my God. are you the Jack to my Christopher Eccleston? I'm the Jack to everybody's Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> I think you should get that on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> a tote bag, yeah. Um, no, I, I really like that. I really like the. Um... The gang dynamic. I think we need to talk a bit more about Mickey specifically yeah, because, because there's. Um, I wonder if there's anything more to say on um, the bit in the cat. No, the thing I wanted to say is that Mickey finishes Jack's joke, and that's amazing. Yeah. Yes, he he gets the punchline. He gets the punchline, and Jack like lets him have it. Everyone laughs. It's not like in. I yeah. feel like in other episodes that could have happened, and like maybe Rose or the Dots would have been like. Yeah. And they you're, don't. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I also think that um, there's the moment when he comes in and he says, oh, how you doing, rookie boy? Which is a reference to the previous episode and that will kind of have the ultimate payoff in the next season and I can't wait to talk about that. But um, the fact he says it in a very different way to how he says it in Aliens in London. Yeah. When he's... It's much more of a taunt that he's forgetting his name in the earlier episode in this one it's it feels even at the beginning of the episode it feels more like an in joke yeah yeah i definitely also, agree with that also when jack opens the tardis door and he's like dicking around with mickey and saying like oh pretending he's going to turn him away watching it again i realized no he full-on knows that mickey was coming oh yeah he he was because t- he's seen him outside and oh yeah that's mickey can you let him in and he's like, no, this will be really, really funny. And it's actually quite similar to the first episode of Torchwood. Mm. It's just, mm. it's just kind of, it's just trolling for the sake of it. It's just funny, and it doesn't, and it's not making anyone feel bad. It's just, oh my god, that wouldn't that have been really funny if I turned you away? Yeah. Last thing on Jack, I, I wish that he was standing in a building. Like, I just want one shot to establish the fact that in Torchwood, every fucking episode, he's standing in a building. Like, I just want one of him just, like, standing on top of the Cardiff thing, or just, like, he goes and stands on top of the TARDIS for some reason. There's, <laughs> like, a weird zoom-in shot, and it goes out. Um, yeah. Um, shall we talk about Roz? Roz? A Roz. Who's Roz? Roz. Yeah, she's mates with Shireen Casello. Um, um, what and you... Trisha Delaney. And Trisha... Trisha... De... Trisha the fucking lady. I've written. Um, I've written a whole little section about Trisha towards Mickey. You've got a whole section about Trisha. Oh yeah. Tell us. Oh no, I want to hear this. I want to. Yeah, this. let's do it now. Do it now, bitch. I feel like, and it comes really well after the whole gang situation. Like they're all good friends, and it's all you know, good banter and all that kind of thing. Suddenly, it just becomes a domestic, which feels a bit sad because it's like, why are we? Don't kill the vibe, guys. Like, you know. And then Mickey's like, I'm going to try and get my girlfriend back. But also not, because I've already got a new girlfriend now. And I don't really know when to bring it up. So I'm going to plop it into conversation. Even though we're going to get a hotel tonight. That's not going to kill, kill kill, the plan. How serious did you get the impression that the thing with Trisha is? I didn't even believe it. Oh. I was like, 
No, I, I, I Trisha is a lie, and it's the way that he's like, she lost weight, because it's the first name that's popped into his head, and then she's like, really? No, I, I believe it. Because I believe it because it's not someone that sh- that he'd immediately say he's got. He could just said like, oh, I'm going out with this girl that I'm at work. Shireen Costello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out with your ma'am. Can you imagine? He goes out with Jackie. I just feel like he had to pick someone in his brain in the moment where it would be like a bit shocking and like, oh, that's not your type, to make Rose feel insecure and be like, oh, you've changed. Then it's not just me that's changed. Oh, okay, that's a bit weird. Like trying to make her feel jealous. No, but he acts very sad about the fact that he can't actually enjoy the thing with Trisha because Rose called him. I think he's just trying to have a dig. I don't, I don't agree with, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. First of all, he's not smart enough for that. (laughs) <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> second of all like she could literally turn up back in Peckham and just see Trish and go are you going out with Mickey and she'll be like no yeah no. but he knows she's not going to <laughs> he knows she's not going to but he doesn't because he's living in hope he's not though I, I'm i taking it completely as read that he's going with Trisha Will you're the tiebreaker I, I, I think it's real I, I, I don't there's nothing to indicate that it's a lie I think that he is going out with Trisha, but Trisha is actually an alien, um, like in, in an alien morph suit, and is is Shireen Costello. I'll take that. Yeah, you know what? Actually, logically, that makes more sense. Could you imagine that? Like that, that's that's the how Shireen Costello got introduced. Is like she's actually a Slovene the whole time. Um, yeah, but how Rose treats Mickey's so weird in this episode. Yeah. And, and not in a way that's, like, badly written, because it feels true to the fact that their relationship has got more complex. Also consider this is set six months after um, World War Three, So she said she'd be back in, like, a couple of hours. And then, like, it's been six months and he's not heard anything from her. And then as soon as he hears from her, he goes to Cardiff. I do find it a little bit strange that, like, Mickey isn't even slightly a bit angry that she didn't need her passport. Like, if someone had said to me, I need you to meet me because I need my passport, I'd be like, I mean, I still love you, but also I'm going to do this thing because I'm a good person and you need a passport. So I'm going to do that. So then get there and be like, here we go. And she's like, <laughs> didn't need it. No, he loves he loves that. He, he loves that she just wanted to see him. But it's weird that she needed an excuse to the doctor to see Mickey. Well, exactly. I'd be angry at the doctor, not at Rose. I just I just feel like Mickey at this point well and truly has doormat stamped across his forehead and regularly just polishes that sign every so often when he does things like this. I'm just like, for God's sake, Mickey, please love yourself a bit. Don't do that. Get really upset by it. Yeah. Also, the TARDIS has the ability to travel in space and time. So why Rose is just doing it because she's bored, because she has to wait a day oh to refuel. Oh my god, that's so right. Subtext. So she has brings in Mickey. Shit. That's the subtext. There's nothing to do in Cardiff. Well, she doesn't even fucking go out until Mickey. It doesn't look like she's gone out until Mickey arrives. Yeah. It looks like they're just all three of the TARDIS. Like, I don't know how long they've been there. That's true. I mean, they could have been there for a week or something. How long do you think they've been there? No, it's, it's the after- I, I got the impression it was the afternoon because 
Okay, this is going to be make me look really cool. They have to be there for a bell. <laughs> I'm not sure it is. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Hear me out. They have to be there um, for, I think, 24 hours. Now, when the extrapolator gets that down to 12 hours, they are still going to be there until the morning. Which means that... Um, they got. I think they got there fairly early, and then they had like a really nice morning with Mickey, and then they had the afternoon, because I think there is a long amount of time with Margaret in the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I, because um, you get an impression of boredom, and you get an impression of it being dark um, from very very light. Um, well, great illusion. Well, it went dark because it's night time. <laughs> um, also, if just if you're taking your point from that, that makes Mickey even more, more of a sad doormat because that means he would have had to get up at 5 or 4 a.m. in the morning to get the train to Cardiff. No, no, uh, sorry. I'm going to go back. <laughs> God, what I was originally going to say, they would have been there originally until the afternoon of the next day. But oh. knocking 12 hours off, they're going in the morning, which means they got there in the afternoon, started refueling in the afternoon, and that's when Mickey got there. And you get the, the impression they didn't really spend much more than an afternoon up until from arriving in Cardiff, Mickey turning up, and then um, meeting up with Margaret. Meeting, meeting up with Margaret. Meeting up with Margaret. <laughs> Having her in the TARDIS. Sorry, I'm, my brain is fried today. Can you edit this so I sound clever? Yes, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put like the University Challenge music underneath you. I just get very sad... When he, well, I think I, there is a really good piece of Noel Clark acting when there's just like a tiny tear in in like the end of his eye when he's shouting at Rose. I felt that really, really compelling. Um, I think that Mickey, this episode, was at the at the start of it, it felt like he was part of the gang. It felt a bit more well rounded. Then he fell into the dustbin again. Which um, please talk about that after because um, we had a discussion about it before, and Charlie is angry. <laughs> um, um, and then. And then he get and then he gets very upset at Rose. And then by the end, he's like really fucking dark. That shot of him, yeah, leaving. Um, if I was like designated driver, and I like someone who was getting a lift came back and went, oh yeah, like I can't find them. Like they've they've just gone. The doctor's just like sick. All right, great. Not gonna dwell on that anymore. Perfect. Cool. Let's just crack on. Oh, I read that as he he knew what she meant by that and didn't want to say it was like okay distraction because that's how we cope with stuff yeah maybe it's very unhealthy environment we don't talk about our feelings we just go to the next planet maybe and also possibly like asking rose about it is a bit awkward because if she has any feelings other than oh yeah he's just sort of gone it's like i don't really know how to address that and also it's his fault yeah pretty much well mickey blames him yeah Shall we go on to best moments of the we've episode? Not, we've not spoken enough about Margaret. Oh my God! No, the the the. The pied de resistance. So much to say. So much to say. All right, Faye, do you want to go first? Faye, go, 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 go. Okay. One of my. Oh, should I save that for my best bit? Maybe I will. We. Why don't we? We can segue. But yeah. Whatever you want, just do what you want. It's not. It's not a real podcast. No one's going to listen to this. Yeah, that's fair. It's just me <laughs> listening to me and my friend chat. Yeah, think of it like that, and then there's no pressure. Just have a talk. Just, you know, chill out with us, you know? The squelch noise that happens when Margaret's in the toilet actually just 
like my entire internal organs like ran at each other and went no i think i think that is the best diarrhea joke of 2005 horrendous just abs i honest to god i loved it i really wanted it to stop the second it started but then (laughs) like moments later you get that really sad noise this little like whimper when she lets her live and i just was like oh my god my heart is like sobbing you poor little green creature. How sad And when the, the eyes shut of I, they, by this episode, they worked out how to how to actually use the Slovene suits. But the aliens in London, they have no fucking clue, but like <laughs> at all. Um, but it's so good. Like the emotion that you get from that creature in oh. that toilet is amazing. And just the shutting of the eyes and raising and that little lower. Yeah. Oh, just like it's, it's so like a little whale call, and I was like, oh my god. No one can hear it because everyone's dead. I was like, oh. Yeah, I got it. really just very sad. But then you then again, you move swiftly on to that picture of her in the newspaper. And I'm like, that's not a good angle, is it? That's actually just quite appalling. What a terrible picture. If I saw that and that was me, I'd be like fuming. Yeah, the one where the, where the doctor picks it up is like, now I'm having a terrible day. I'd be like, yeah. Not as bad as her. Not as bad as her. Be gutted, wouldn't you? <laughs> also, the newspaper has all glowing reviews about Margaret, but like modern day newspapers would be taking them fucking piss. It's at the a fact lo- that it's she a had local her hand up. It's a local newspaper. Yeah, that's true. And she was very nice to the um, to the journalist. She didn't kill her. No, she didn't. So... <laughs> and if you don't kill a journalist, <laughs> <laughs> two really great moments that when she. When she growls, but she's at Margaret and not her Slodine, she just sort of goes, yes. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, ah, right, okay. And then you've got the Hulk arm at the end. Mad. Like, I didn't know she could just take I an arm know. off. I was like, well, it definitely... She rips the arm off. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. I was like, are you not wanting to use that later? Like, do you not... Have you got a sewing kit? She's leaving it. She's destroying Earth. What's she going to use a human suit for? There will... Oh. Maybe. Well, saying that, and this is probably a good segue into sort of the more emotional stuff of Margaret, is I love the line when the doctor says, "You've been in that human suit too long." Um, where she, and and like the lines like, "Oh God, like London won't care about us." Yeah. <laughs> like, and then she's like, "Oh, I've gone native." Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's great about about the line where he says, "You've been in that suit too long," is it's meant to convey like. Yeah, you can start to feel human, but you're doing it while wearing the skin of a woman you murdered. Yes. Yeah. Which is wild, and, and it's such like a good reminder of this is what this, this person's done. done. It's not necessarily who they, who they are, and people can, can, can change. And I don't forget the fact that no one's without, without redemption, but I don't think she could ever have redemption while being Margaret. No. Hmm, that's really interesting. You're right, yeah. Because she killed Margaret. Yeah, because she is not Margaret. She killed Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, she can't. She can't. Even if she decides she was going to turn a new leaf, because she tries to pretend that she has yeah. at the beginning of the episode, turn a new leaf and she's going to live a good and virtuous life as Margaret. But you can't do that because it's. Because just from the off, just from the off, it's an oxymoron. You can't live a substitute life of someone you murdered, no matter how good that life was going to be. Because it doesn't cancel it out. It's very... There's a lot of, like, like morality, like, yeah. questions that come up in this one, which makes it very compelling. 
it's Rusty Davis wrote this episode from the angle of he's very against capital punishment. Yeah. And I think that I think that comes I think that comes across. I didn't immediately think that when I was watching it, but the fact that the answer isn't for someone to not to live their life without consequence because she there are consequences. She loses her life. She is no longer herself because she goes back to being a baby. But she also but she doesn't get killed. I think it works. I don't know if we can yeah, translate that to real life, know, but <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, I think that I suppose the translation to real life is that, um, it, as the doctor said, it's about um, it's it's about raising, and it's like the choice. The cho- it's about like potentially being raised in raised in a family that's not like murderous ab- and abuse, et cetera, abusive. And abusive. Um, and about making those changes as opposed to and and things like capital punishment and really harsh prison laws and stuff like that is feeding into a system where you then get generations of pain later on. Um, and he breaks the cycle. Exactly. Not just by killing the Slitheen, but giving one of them a second chance. Because that because that Slitheen because that is part of the Slitheen family in in terms of generations. If that Slitheen and obviously Blonde, um, she wanted to go to another Slitheen family. She did want to go to another Slitheen family, but if she breaking the cycle, cycle, she's still a Slitheen, but she's now a Slitheen in a potentially different family. That in in terms of we're talking about generations and paving it forward, that original pain, that original um, Slitheen anger, can now blossom into the Slitheen in a hundred, hundred years, two hundred years, three hundred years, could be a well-respected family in Rexford. Rex, actually, not fuck well-respected. Who wants to be well-respected? But like, Just kind. It could, be a, could be a happy. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Happy, but... like love, loving family. See, this is what conf- confused me about the end of the episode is that he's taking her back to the hatchery. Is she still going to know she is Slitheen? Is she just going to be adopted and take on the identity of a family that adopts her? Or is she going to be a new Slitheen with a different up, with a different upbringing? Well, that's a question that I don't know if I know the answer to. But I like the headcanon idea that the Doctor explains to the, explains the situation. Not maybe the, the fact that she's a fucking egg, but it's explained, yeah. this is a Slitheen egg. <laughs> she's an egg. This is a, I completely egg. forgot when rewatching it. I completely forgot how it ended. So when she's like, you know, the good old staring to the heart of the TARDIS, I was like, right, so. What, what's happening now? What's happening now? Uh, what is happening? And then she's an egg. I was like, sorry, what? She's an egg. What? Who? 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 Why? Why is she an egg? What's just happened? And I was so thankful for the explanation because I'd completely forgotten. I was just like, right? Is she boiled? Scrambled? What's happened? Is she a fully formed egg? Hey, what if they ate her? What if they ate the Slovene egg? Some dippy soldiers in it, you know. I don't know, yeah. but, but um... I mean, you've already got the dippy soldiers. The fucking pipe cleaners, the top of the egg, you can just dip that into it. Oh, uh, l- last thing I'll last thing I'll say on it um, is it the subject. Oh right, I'm not Mickey. I don't see her as an it. <laughs> yes, which is weird. So but weird. the doctor, um, they have the conversation that oh, she could be better by being brought up in a different environment, and then I don't know if it's Jack or Rosa said she could be worse. I think it's Jack. Yeah. Jack says, yeah, Jack she, could, says be she worse. could be worse. And he said, yeah, could be. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's her choice, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's breaking the cycle. It's about breaking the cycle. And it's not about forcing someone to do good. It's giving them the opportunity to do good. Because you get the impression that Blonde or Margaret 
didn't have never had a choice and no matter what she's done she is still the victim of an abusive childhood well her environment she's a product of her yeah, environment exactly like her brothers so, and stuff so bringing her up in a good environment it means that if she's evil she then faces the consequences of that but she also has the opportunity now to do good and it's not the doctor's problem which one she chooses but it's about almost correcting that oversight hmm yeah. Okay, favourite favorite moments of the episode. Faye, do you feel like you've said yours? I'm, I'm conscious we only have you for so long. I have two quick ones. So, one, the bit at the start where they're listing all the deaths that have happened in relation to the project. I just <laughs> love it. It's so good. So much. Like, the bit where it's like, he was decapitated. It was an icy patch. It was a very icy patch. I was just like, oh, this is just gold. This is just perfect. Like, the European safety team. They were French. Literally. And it's so fast paced. I love it. It's brilliant. And my other one is more of a personal one. So her real name has my initials in it. It has Phil. Ah! So literally, I never ever used to like my, um, my, like my full so I'm Faye Elizabeth, but like I never say that because it's just like me. But I never used to refer to it. And then when I realised she was Fell from being younger, I was like, yeah, Fell. You know, like you know, in Doctor Who. So, yeah, this look, yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic moment. That is the the type of nostalgia we love on this pop- podcast. It's just you know, just a little sprinkle of nostalgia that's beautiful, you know. Okay. I feel like we could talk about this episode for ages, but we don't have ages. Uh, yes, uh, my favourite moment is... Um, oh, there's just so many. There's the, uh, Okay, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say the two that I've got, and it's it's probably the cafe scene at the beginning I love, I'm obsessed with, I want, I want it to go on forever. Mm. Um, and the other moment, which is more of a micro moment, I really, really like the bit where the Doctor is teleporting Margaret. Oh, yes. I find it hysterical. I find it... I also really find it cool that her earring and her brooch... Do you see it all work? Exactly. And, like, that makes... And it makes the teleport. It's not just just a sudden thing. You see the work that goes into the device. Exactly. But then she also uses the same ring to, like, try and poison the Doctor. I'm like, whoa, this get-up is great. Like, who's making your jewellery? So multifunctional. Well, <laughs> it's probably a budget-saving thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's like we can't use the Slithine, we don't have the Slithine suit for much longer um, because the tip, the, the skip is booked. Um, so <laughs> let's give her lots of bracelets and teleporting things. So Charlie, what's your favourite moment? My favourite moment, um, the cafe scene, which we've already mentioned. I love the dinner that she has with the Doctor, and how not only is he so unfazed by her trying to kill him. But when he does that speech about the fact that, yeah, you saved someone, but, like, everyone does that. And that's, that's not cancelling stuff out. If anything, it makes it easier for you to kill because you see yourself... It's almost like a prophet. Oh, I've saved one life. That means I can take another one. Mm. And that's not how it works. And it's him basically giving... it. It's almost like the Doctor giving, like, a moral lecture, which is, you know, you could say it's quite hypocritical, but at the same time... It's him basically showing that he's not stupid. And we never thought the Doctor was stupid, but he's not taken in by it. But that whole conversation, you do get the impression... Because, yes, Margaret had all this plan to, um, you know, destroy the Earth and escape. But at the same time, 
even though I knew it was coming, there are moments where I believe her. Mm. And whether or not that's because um, Margaret is a very good liar and Annette Badland is an amazing actor. Who she is brilliant in this in this episode. Oh, it's superb. Um, and yeah, it's I, I think anyone who plays a Sladeen is such a good sport. Oh, definitely. Because of like the fact that the, the, the central joke of the Sladeen is really horrible. Looking back on it, but in this episode is not mentioned. Like they, there is no, one right. fart and then one like the diarrhea thing, which kind of works in the context. Yeah, really. it, 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 no, it totally does. First of all, normalise this female shitting, which, you know, not which enough shows are doing that. Needs to needs to be out there, you know? It's a thing. Representation for female bodily functions. Right? That's so true. But, um, <laughs> I cry. Will, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, don't cry. No, I really get it because, like, some lads are always like, oh, women don't shit because, like, they're beautiful and angelic. I'm like, fuck off. They shit. Girls are gross. They're human beings. <laughs> oh. Will hates men. Yeah, we thought Faye hates women and I hate men. There we go. <laughs> and Charlie hates everyone. I hate animals. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but I love that whole that whole dinner scene. I think that the like chemistry between the two is so good, and they've both actors are just doing an amazing job, and the scene is so well written. Mm. I was saying to Will, wouldn't it have been great if like Margaret just became a companion after this episode? Oh yeah. It would be it would be really really great, and there are moments where you think it's not off the cards, you know, like when she's having like a laugh with Jack and the Doctor about falling into a skip. Oh, that is another favourite moment. That's so funny. That's such a good moment. And when she's like, "It's not funny," and then looks round and they're still giggling. Like, yeah. I love that. I love that camera shot of it. And it fe- and it doesn't feel like she's trying to like get them on side. It feels like she genuinely understands why it's funny. She's not without some form of self awareness. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, so, worst moments. Worst moments. Um, I have... I'll tell you mine, because it's very small, but it is annoying. It's that the... <laughs> it's that... It, it drives me insane every time I see it. It's the fact that when the photo is taken of Margaret, the photo is taken and then she puts her arm up. Yeah. But then the photo is the arm. Yes, exactly. It drives me absolutely insane. And it's just... It's just... It just is not a good line delivery after that as well. No photographs, please. It's 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 weird intonation. It's not her fault. It just seems weirdly like directed, um, and it's just it's literally it just is like it's it's like she forgot to put her arm up at the start of it, and then she sort of goes, huh? and like no phone. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. Um, Charlie, these favorite moments. My least favorite moment. I mean, there's a couple of stuff with Mickey where I get why they do it, like for the sake of drama, him getting really angry at Rose. But come on, like the city's exploding. Get some perspective. Get some some perspective, woman. woman. <laughs> uh. but, um, but no, my, my over—that's my second least favorite. My other least favorite moment is the bit in the corridor where they where Jack jumps over something, and that's cool. And Rose avoids someone, and that's like not as cool as Jack, but it's still like yeah, they're all working as a team. Mickey goes down a corridor, and there's a woman coming down the corridor with like. A tr- with a trolley of um, cleaning products, and it's not like she comes out of nowhere. There are a good five seconds before he runs into that. <laughs> Why does he still run into it? She didn't come out of nowhere. This isn't a surprise. You saw her from the and end chose of the corridor. to run at her. <laughs> you have no hand-eye coordination if that is where you go. If you think, no, I can make this, 
And he could have gone around it as well. It's not like he was taking up the whole way and he tried to jump. No, he could have gone around. It was completely unnecessary. It was supposed to, I guess it was funny, but like... I guess it was funny. <laughs> I guess it was. I guess it was. It just made it look like a choice. Like it made yeah, it, it look like... like... It looks like he hated that cleaning woman. Yeah, it was like, I hate all people that clean. Mm, I'm going to run at her. Why? <laughs> I'm a runner. <laughs> okay, um, we've got a bit of time. I'm going to quickly go through a couple of Easter eggs. Uh, least, we haven't done Faye's least, least favourite oh, moment. Yeah. So, Faye, what's your least favourite moment? Those things that you've said, um, although I really loved, um, I loved the dinner table scene, it felt like a kind of like, if it was going to be a Doctor Who, not Agatha Christie episode, but small reference, like Death at the Dinner Table would be the book title that Agatha Christie would write for that but um the line when she says when she says I become soup and still alive the images are nightmarish like what soup that's alive terrifying no could have done without that didn't like it made me feel very very uncomfortable we haven't talked about the fact that Slitheen are so well evolved. Like, they have all these defense mechanisms. Yeah. They have, like, poison darts. They have poison secretion. The, but the Doctor knows, no, does only met the Slitheen on one other occasion. I think and... he does know about Rex. I don't think he's ever been there, but he does know about Rex Coracle Falibatorius because he could he figured it out in World War Three? do you remember? Yes. When they were narrowing it down. So maybe it's a planet that he's heard of or has heard met of. Met people from. Well, if, I think if he'd met people from, he would have oh, known, yeah, know, what they look like. know what they look like. Having said that, there are other Slitheen families who are orange. All right. Um, but they're not Slitheen families, obviously. Um, in, uh, that's Sarah Jane Adventures canon. Um, uh, cool. But um, Hang on, quickly, before we go on to Easter eggs, really, really quickly. Sorry, I know we've got running out of time. <laughs> um, I just want to do a massive shout out to the score of this episode. I think it's wonderful. I think it tells a story, and that I particularly the oboe, the oboe in this episode is fucking glorious. Will is very passionate about this oboe. Like it's beautiful, <laughs> it's fun, it's like whimsical at the start, and the oboe is in a tight, like just, just like literally, just like small amount. It's not, it's, it's just an underlayed, and then the end, the, as the as the tragedy of the whole thing comes out, and the whimsical, then that fucking oboe sings, and it's beautiful. I love it so much. Anyway, done. I, I have one more tell. thing just about the Slovene evolution. It would have been great if they'd evolved um, how to... <laughs> if they'd evolved how to be immune to explosions. That would have saved them a lot of trouble in the last episode. Yeah, that is... It's a bit of a loophole in their existence, I'll be honest. But you feel like for, like, a, an alien race had mastered space travel, they'd, you know, maybe think bigger. Bigger picture. I know it's not how evolution works, but... <laughs> Let's all sit down and think about our loopholes of existing. Uh, let's think of ways around that. Everyone, uh, you go first. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, oh, so... the, dodo, the dodo wish it had that. <laughs> um, they missed their conference. Okay. Awful. Um, there are a couple of really good Easter eggs in this. One is that the... It's literally an, an Easter egg. The egg... Ah! Ah! It's an actual Easter egg! No. Better. <laughs> it is the ostrich egg from End of the World. That's fantastic. Hang on, wasn't that smashed? Pardon? Wasn't that smashed? Well, it would have been a different one. Oh, I see. Like, it's a prop from the end of the world. They would have had more than one prop. That's true. In That's case true. they dropped it. Well, also action. They probably have to smash that prop. 
Or do research. Yeah, yeah, anyway, so anyway. It, it, it's, it's a prop from End of the World. Oh, actually, it's put it on it. Hell yeah. Um, another... <laughs> <laughs> really have a problem with that egg. I love it, but the the pipe cleaners annoy me. Anyway, continue. Another Easter egg is when Christopher Ruxton says, I wouldn't make a very good god. But, of course, he played the son of god in another Rusty Davis movie. Yes. That's well, very se- true. a miniseries or a movie, The Second I Coming? I think it was, a, it might be in like two episodes or something like yeah, that. He, yeah, he played The Second Coming of Jesus. in, And that's how he met Rusty Davis. Oh, that is nice. Another thing is, it's interesting, They men- it's in Cardiff, and they mention Gwyneth, who is a distant relative of Gwen, yes. the protagonist in Torchwood, who yes. then Jack stars with, which is really cool. Um, I think is a... Uh, oh, I've got... This is why I had IMDb up. Yes, I, I was going to say. Because I couldn't remember this guy's... Uh, in case I didn't remember this guy's name. We have... I think his name is... I was right, William Thomas. Uh, the guy who plays the... Safety inspector at the beginning of the episode. Oh, I know, I know him from something. Are you yes. guys tell me what it is. Remembrance of the Daleks. He is the first actor to appear in both classic and New Who. Ah. Okay. I mean, I don't know him from Remembrance of the Daleks, are we honest? Um, he's in it. He's in it. That's great. Yeah. But, oh, I think he plays Gwen's dad in Torchwood. Oh, he might do. Uh, that, I think that's an actual thing. He's a real human. He Gwen's dad. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he does. He does. He plays Gwen's dad. Yeah, he's in talk, during Jaron Cooper. There we go. And he's and he's and he's. It's a very sad death. Spoilers. I've not seen it. Well, because no, Miracle Day is the whole. premise. Oh no, I have seen that. The I've whole got, premise of I've Miracle Day. about Miracle Day is that everyone stays alive. Okay. But now, anyway, it's mine. this isn't an Easter egg, but it's a really cool fact that I promised I will. I tell him in the episode. The alternate version of this episode was going to be written by Paul Abbott, who you might know from Shameless. Right. Now, the original concept of this episode, they were going to go to Pompeii. Oh. And it was going to revolve around, obviously, the eruption. But the this episode was going to revolve also around the fact that Rose was jealous of the Doctor and Jack. Oh no! That's not even the, that's not even the crazy thing. And it would be revealed in this episode that Rose, her entire life, had been manipulated by the Doctor as an experiment to create the perfect companion. And we didn't get this episode because he was too busy on Shameless. And I don't know if I want it. But, like, my mind is blown that someone came up with that. How are they going to put that in, like, 40 minutes? How are they going to pull that off? And it's not, like, been hinted at at any other point. Except, oh, except Red Bicycle. What do you mean Red Bicycle? The Santa Claus. Ah, Red Bicycle when you were five. That would make sense in Father's Day. No, is it Father's Day? Yeah, it was Father's Day. Yeah. When he's like, I'm oh, Santa Claus. Oh no, it's um, it's no, it's not. It's the um, it's the Doctor dances. The end of it when he's like, he's he's talk he's talking about and everybody lives Rose at the end and he says, oh yeah, you're like Santa Claus. Like, you're like Santa Claus. Yeah. He says, that who says I'm sense. not? And I, don't, and, I, and I think that's a coincidence. But like that is, that is never explored again within their relationship. And like maybe that is one way it could make sense. That I don't think so... that ever really got off the ground. That is so dark. Yeah. 
Isn't that's that concept so amazingly crazy? I don't know. I don't know if it would ruin Doctor Who. Oh, I don't think. Life. I'm glad it didn't happen. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, me I'm too. I'm so glad that someone has kept a record of the fact that it was an idea at some point. Because that must that sounds like someone somewhere was like, "We need an episode that if this isn't working, that we can just shut the whole thing down and all walk away and pretend it <laughs> happened." Yes. No, I think it would have taken nine in a direct. It, it, no, Doctor Number Nine is so good because he walks such a fine line between calculating, rude and arrogant guy, and very emotional, very damaged, but also very sensitive. Mm. And I think that would have taken him too far down the first route. I don't think we would have come back from that. I don't think you can bounce back been, from that. That would have been so traumatic. Well, also one episode before the finale where he kisses Rose. Yeah. Like. That... I, no, I think it was probably written before the new accident was going to leave. <laughs> so you had another series of Chris Freckleston playing Rose like a no, puppet. He, he, he decided. He decided he didn't want. Uh, as I understand it, he decided to leave while filming season one. No, no, no. Yes, no. I agree with that. I'm just. I'm just imagining a scenario I where mean, that episode. I have would thought end. a lot about a I... second. A second Eccleston season would have been amazing. Mm. For us, not for the people involved. Yes, yes. I think everyone being... They were very mean to him. And yeah, it was, anyway, we're not. It's too sad to talk about Eccleston's time on Doctor Who. Let's 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 rate the episode. Um, out of nine. Out of nine, Faye. What would you rate this episode? I think I'd give it an eight point five. You know. No, no point five. No point five. Oh, unfortunately. All right then. Nine. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Fantastic. Will. I'm going to give it my first nine of the season as well. I absolutely love this episode. I, I, It's amazing. I can't believe that this is the episode. I thought that Dr. Dances and Empty Child was going to be my nine of the season. Um, and it wasn't. Like it's This is just beautiful. And Rusty Davis, well done. Um, Rusty Davis scripts sometimes are not as like... As not as well received as like um, Stephen Moffat scripts or um, Paul Cornell scripts. Um, on the on the Davis seasons. On the Davis yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Like um, that's a whole uh, other kettle of fish. <laughs> credits where credits due. Rusty Davis wrote a fantastic episode. Yeah. I think Rusty Davis shines the best when he's got no budget to play with. Because his yeah. other be- other second best episode is no, I, I think, agree. Midnight that he ever wrote. Yeah. yeah, and that episode is no. Wait, wait, did he did he also write Fear Her? Because I really don't remember. Uh... Lo- I remember not liking that episode. He did write Fear Her, I believe. Uh, anyway, we can talk about that. We can we can talk about that after the podcast. In the future. Uh, Charlie, no, uh, what would you rate it? Nine. Nine. With nine all around. Perfect twenty-seven. We're all dancing. We're all dancing. Wow, that was zany. So, thank you, Faye, so much for joining us on your mum's birthday. Bring your mum in. Bring your mum in here. Let us talk to her. No. All right, fine. Well, fuck you. <laughs> no. Or oh, no. Or oh, no. Um, I'm just so excited that we all gave it a nine. I know. I know. So am I. I'm like, I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, this is a really happy place to end the podcast. It really is. Forever. Forever, yeah. This it's is the last episode. It's not going to get better. It's not getting released. We're never going to race We're never another going back episode. to any of it. <laughs> I um, do have one so final listening. thing that I'm going to say oh. that you may want to edit out, but I have just realised who you remind me of with your new hair. 
Oh yes, but, um, for context, listeners, I've got a fabulous new haircut, we'll, and I'm obsessed. We'll take a selfie and put it on there. Yes, it's um, Gary Barlow esque. It looks beautiful, Justin but Justin it, it is Naughty's, I think, Brian McFadden. Oh my god. <laughs> he's the guy. Oh, I can't remember exactly what he's from, but I, I can see the picture in my head. He, I think he's in Westlife. We'll give it a Google. <laughs> yeah, he's in Westlife. It no, could be very it. wrong, oh, but god. that is the vibes I'm getting. He's, he's, very, he's very boy bandish. Yeah, good for you. I adore he's it. He's wrestling to diet pink. Well,. I still might. I've been told that now that I've got highlights in my hair, it's much easier to dye any colour I want. Yes. So... <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe we should end the episode With on, McFly. on McFly. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at Dr. Hoodcast. You can find us at Dr. Hoodcast on Facebook. And if you like this, uh, remember to leave a review. And also Instagram, because I put a lot of effort into doing um, that. Also, please let us know if you really like our Woman of Doctor Who segments, because I really like doing them on Instagram all the time. Um, Faye, if you've not seen them, we celebrate a Woman of Doctor Who every week. Uh, I love that. In the episode. And this week, we're doing Faye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is a woman of Doctor Who. Right, love you all, listeners. Bye. Thanks, Faye. Bye. Bye. Bye.